Welcome back to the Awakening the Soul podcast with your host, Shendell Short. Today, I'm co-hosting with me on an episode, Aaron Ashley from Aaron Wellness. Aaron is uh, an amazing woman to follow on social media if you want to know more about hormones and just navigating all of this stuff as a woman. I will let you know that there was a few glitches in the episode with some Wi-Fi situation and that my mic wasn't um, working properly that day. I had a new computer. Anyway, it's uh, in the in the state of imperfect action. I am going to put it out anyway, just because we tried to edit it and make it sound a little bit different, but I was going to cut out some things that I just think are important for you to hear. So uh, let's just roll with it. I'm so excited to hear your feedback about today's episode. Let's dive in. You might need some pen and paper to uh, get some good knowledge here. And then I will put in the show notes where you can find Erin um, and her supplements as well. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Awakening the Soul podcast with your host, Shandell Short. And today I have Erin Ashley with me. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Good. I'm so excited to have you here. Erin uh, is the owner of Erin Wellness Supplements, which are supplements that I love um, and take myself. And she's also the host of Friends You Keep podcast, uh, Mama, Dog Mama, and all of the above. So thank you for coming here today. We have, I have so many questions for you about all of the things. Good. Well, I'm ready. Shoot. <laughs> Thank you Good. for having me. So I reached out to you, um, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, a little bit over it. I mean, I was taking some of the supplements before about like the hormonal detox and stuff, but I really feel like a lot of women right now are going through, I think it's age group, um, definitely the people I'm around, but a lot of people going through very similar things with their hormones, like some hormone, hormone imbalances. And I just, can you share with me kind of your thought on that? Is it, is it, uh, you know, uh, is it more people or is it age? Like what's kind of going on here? I think there's just been kind of an awakening to be honest with you. And I think, especially with our age group, we're not a group of women that are just going to take, take things lying down and be like, okay, well, I guess I just feel like crap. And there was no conversations. If we look at our parents, like my mother had no conversation with me about perimenopause or menopause. And I think there's just, there's been an overwhelming surge of women who are like, wait a second. I don't want to feel this way. What's going on? Right. And they're reaching midlife. They're reaching their forties and their fifties. And all of a sudden now we've been given, I've been doing this talk, navigating perimenopause for the past year. And this word perimenopause now has people have, they have a word for it. And they're like, I think I'm in that. And you know, when I meet women, they're like, I think I am. I'm like, well, how old are you? And they're like, well, I'm 42. I'm like, you are in perimenopause. It is late thirties to early fifties is perimenopause. You know, and menopause is kind of given all the glory and menopause is, I mean, by definition is supposed to be one year after your final bleed. So you have a period and you don't have a period for a year, then you're technically in menopause. That's kind of the way they've touted it, but everything leading up to it is where there's more symptomatic issues is where you're experiencing maybe heavy periods. There's more space or less space in between your periods. So your ovulatory cycle is not on track. Um, maybe tender breasts, anxiety. You have, you get really angry at times and all of these have to do with your hormones being in flux right now. Cause as we age progesterone, which is protects us from the highs and lows of estrogen, right? That's what progesterone's job technically is, right? It really protects us. All of a sudden progesterone and estrogen are both starting to decline in our late thirties and you might still have a regular period. So you might not really notice anything. Maybe you notice your breasts are a little tender. Maybe you have more cravings. So there's little tiny things. And then as we get older, they become bigger and bigger and bigger, right? And that's because your progesterone and estrogen are declining. And um, I don't know, I can keep going on this one, but I had a lady reach out to me earlier today and she had a really good question. And she's like, if progesterone and estrogen are declining, why do I want to take a product like Reclaim, which is my kind of perimenopause support product, because it supports estrogen detoxification, how your body metabolizes estrogen. Of course, that makes sense. If they're both declining, why do you want to metabolize more estrogen? And the reason, one of the big things, and one of the reasons we notice kind of all these symptomatic issues occurring is because 80% of women are estrogen dominant. So we have high levels of estrogen. And that comes from, we were just talking about this, you know, cleaning chemicals, the plastics, the makeup, the perfumes, birth control, stress creates like 
bad estrogen, I guess you could say no estrogens in your system. So then you have a higher levels of estrogen when everything's declining, there's a bigger gap between that progesterone and estrogen. And that's where women are experiencing even more symptomatic issues, right? And if they've had painful, heavy periods when they were younger, which is not normal, and that's not something that should be happening. We don't just have to like tout it up and be like, well, it's that time of the month. Cause that's not that's not the way it should be. You should not have painful, heavy, horrible periods every month. But if you've had that growing up and now you've stepped into this perimenopause phase, it's going to be even worse. The issues are. And so I think that's where this conversation is really coming up because a lot of women are now experiencing that gap and like, holy crap, like I have a lot of anxiety right now. I am not like, I will freak out at my husband for no reason and be like, what is wrong with me? Well, it's, it's that gap that's happening. Right. And we're not supporting ourselves. So I think there's just, women are becoming a lot more aware of it and becoming, um, just not putting up with it. I think that's one of the things, you know, our mothers have taught us through their experiences that we don't have to settle. Right. So I think that's part of it too. That's a really good point. I love that. Cause you know, there is a lot of hand, handed down good things, you know, from our mothers. And that's one of them is I feel like we have more of a backbone and we'll ask more questions this generation. Um, and I love, you know, that's a great analogy of that, but it's also, um, you know, you were saying that just kind of an awakening, right. And I think women getting more into their bodies. Like I was, I read a book, um, fast, like a girl, I think it's called fast, like a girl by Mindy something. Anyway. And she talked about like, you know, periods in the cycle and stuff. And I was like, I didn't even know that. Like I'm 42 years old and I had no idea that's what was happening during yep. my 28 day cycle. Yes. And I was like, how is this happening? And I was like, why is this? I was like telling my sisters and friends and stuff. And they're like, why were we never taught this? I'm like, I don't know. Like, yep. and, and you get to that. It's like this awareness and this awakening to going like, okay, wait now, hold on a second. Like men should know about this. Like yeah. women should, oh, 100% know men this. should know about this a hundred percent. Well, and I think the whole conversation, I mean, even the four phases of a woman's cycle, we for, you know, forever have been operating off a 24 hour cycle. And that is a male dominated cycle. Men get up in the morning, they have a heart on, they're like ready to take on the day at you know noon, they're very collaborative. And then towards the end of the day, they peter off, right? And it's kind of very similar, but ours is, you know, the follicular phase and that's like springtime and everything that's after our period and everything's kind of like, oh, okay, our estrogen levels are rising. Then ovulatory phase, right? That's when our luteinizing hormone, that's when we're at the peak. That's when our estrogen's the highest, testosterone. The high. And then all of this, going into the luteal and then into the menstruation phase, having these understanding of these four phases is also something women, most women have no clue. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know I didn't up to years ago. Right. And being like, Oh, so wait a second. When I operate, when I do my best public speaking, when I'm best, when I like, when I can talk and I'm like game on, that's usually my follicular to ovulation phase. Right. It's after my period, as I start getting my luteal, I'll mess up on my words. I'll forget things. I, and I've given talks during my luteal phase where I've had to say, just so you know, I'm in my luteal phase right now. So I'm going to probably be messing up and missing some words. Like I just, I don't talk proper. It's so fascinating. But now that I understand that I can grant myself the compassion of being like, and the empathy of like, yeah, this is like, because this is hormonal, this is what happens and creating more of an understanding with women that this is how we operate instead of this 24 hour male cycle right? And having men understand that too, where they're like, oh, okay, so she's in her luteal phase right now. She wants to more so stay home and maybe I can support her in different ways, give her a foot rub. Like sex is not going to be on top of mind possibly in your luteal phase. Ovulation, you're like, giddy up, let's go, right? Taking a, mm -hmm. So if they can understand you better, then I think it supports them in our rela relationship with us, but then also really supports us in operating in the world day to day, right? So, and mm -hmm. I think having young girls, um, I had my daughter and all her friends in the car like a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking to them about periods, <laughs> Kayla, she's 15. She's just, of course, like, oh my God, seriously, mom, <laughs> she's in the front seat. And afterwards she's like, could you not talk about periods with my friends? And I'm like, no, Michaela, they need to be able to completely normalize this conversation. And what they need to understand is that your period is your report card. We are blessed every month to get a period that shows up what was happening the month before, you know, Michaela had a really crampy period this past month and she was trying out for volleyball. She had sprained her ankle. She had a lot of tests. She feels stress about school. 
Plus I know she doesn't eat as well as, you know, I want her to, and I try, but she's 15 and, you know, and yeah. drink water, like all the different things. And so we had a conversation about that, but I had the girls in the car and I'm like, your monthly period is your report card. If you have a crappy period, take a look what happened the month before. What was your stress levels like? Did you poop on a regular basis? Were you working out? Were you like all the things, those all add up. And it's a real gift for us to take a step back and be like, it's kind of like, you know, New Year's time. We take a step back and look at your past year, but step back and be like, what was this month like for me? What could I have done better to support myself? So the next month, my period's not as bad because if you keep having horrific periods, that is going to add up. And in the end, when we're hitting this perimenopause and menopause era, it's going to be even more symptomatic, right? The mm -hmm. hot flashes, all these things that are going to end up happening. So it really is within our control to start taking steps now and utilizing this amazing monthly cycle that we get to be able to be like, okay, let us take a little bit of stock here. What do I need to do to support myself better? Yeah. Instead of hating, right? Like yeah. looking at it, like it's such a, you know, <laughs> such a burden. I mean, it's not wonderful, but I agree with you since I've started to look at it differently and start to look at my own like self-care, like you were talking about, like all of the things I'll be like, Oh, and it's getting better. And, you know, like just, yeah, using it as a tool as opposed to necessarily, and also learning, like for me that week before my period, at least five days, like I should just probably be alone in a room, you know? <laughs> But I can't, you know, it's just not possible. But, and then I went down this rabbit hole and understood that like back in the day, they used to have this red tent era. Have you ever heard of this? No. Yeah. So it was called the red tents and on like different tribes and stuff, the women a few days before their periods or the day of their period, wherever it kind of set is they would be able to go into these red tents and other people in the community would take over their responsibilities oh, and their tasks. I love that. So, I know. So the women could rest and reflect. I was like, we need to bring back the red tent. The red tent. So I'm just going to put one on my deck and be like, I'm going to the red tent. I, that's a yeah, and I Google it. it's, it's quite fascinating like to go down and, and learn about it and understand it, just how the community, you know, looked at it so differently. But like when I was young and I did have painful periods and I go to the doctor, it was just, as you can imagine, put me on the pill, you know, mm -hmm. and and they're still doing that too, by the way, birth control or antidepressants, or especially women in perimenopause, antidepressants, because women are all of a sudden experiencing more anxiety, which is that lower level of progesterone, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's within that we can offer ourselves a little bit more empathy and possibly look at ways in which we can support gut health. We can support hormonal balance, those different things instead of resorting. And if you need antidepressants, by all means, I'm, I'm not a non-medical supporter. I'm very much that's why they're there. If you need them, that's a very different conversation. But if your doctor is just prescribing you something like that or the birth control right off the bat, instead of looking at different ways in which you can offer yourself support. Um, I had a lady reach out to me and she had a friend, um, a 13 year old, the doctor, cause she had really, really heavy periods. And I also said to him, like, did she just start her periods? Because when we're just starting our periods, our body is regulating. It's almost like you need to give yourself a little bit of time right? Like you might get one, then not get one. Right. And then you're, cause we're, that is kind of like PMS is, I'm sorry, perimenopause is known as a second puberty. So it's kind of the same thing where we kind of have one, one month, it kind of goes away and we kind of go back and forth because our hormones are all in flux. Same thing when you're 13, 14, when you're getting that. So instead of jumping right in and giving her on birth control, the 13 year old was like, well, wait a second, wait a little bit more time and start looking at different things, gut health, liver support. Like what are some different things food-wise you can start supporting with instead of jumping right into the hormonal birth control to support period health at least. So, but yeah, so I think there's, I think we're becoming a little bit more awakened to that too, the effects of hormonal birth control of years and years and years of use, right? And I'm more of a COPPA IUD fan um, if you're going to do anything. But, or, I mean, there's great ways in which you can track. I mean, technically we're only fertile for, you know, three days or so. So, I mean, who knew that, right? Like, I just thought I was who knew that? all the time. I thought I was just a walking fertile human being until I was like, wait a second, what? Yeah. And then when I think about how I had my daughter, I'm like, wow. So I like nailed it on those three days and got pregnant. That's crazy. Right. When you think about the miracle of all of it. Right. So, yeah. Like, and, and I, when I learned that too, like you can actually track your periods and understand and, and yes. yeah, that you're only three days a month that you, you can actually conceive. And I was like, there's no way, like yeah, all exactly. this time we're just doing this. Meanwhile, we could have been protected. 
when I went to the doctor and was like, I think you need to check my hormones. Something's going on. Like, I'm just not myself. And she's like, we can put you on the birth control pill. And I was like, I oh, know I'll figure out another way. Like, I'm not going to go on the birth control to try to figure that out, you know? Yeah, so, no, um, so what would you say are the top, like say five signs that a woman might be in perimenopause besides age? Like if yeah. she's like, what are some um, I think if Sorry. all of a sudden your periods maybe not as regular, let's say you have, you know, 28, then you go 21 and you're kind of a little bit more all over the map. And there's some great cycle tracking um, apps out there that you can use to track that um, so that you might notice more anxiety as well, right? With progesterone, progesterone kind of supports, helps with your mood. Um, and so you might notice more anxiety. You might be more brain fog for getting things all the time. You come into the room, you're like, what the fuck, where was I in here for? And then you go back out and you come back in. Like I have to email everything to myself immediately or write my list that I have constantly going on. When I think of something I write, cause I'll forget. Um, we're doing a recalibration right now with the brain. And so with that, so that might be something breast tenderness, um, cravings, um, or heavy, heavy periods, not so heavy periods, like just the difference of things. The main thing really is, I mean, you can do tests, but I mean, when we look at the age, there are, you know, um, kind of a litmus paper type test you can take and you can pay for. But when you're in your lady, later thirties and you're hitting into your like late fifties, I mean, I didn't notice anything really in my early forties, but it was still happening. My progesterone levels were still going down. Right. So, so in that, those would be something that things you might notice. And even also too, what I've noticed and I've had to be very diligent on is ensuring I'm getting really high amounts of protein. I'm lifting heavy. That's been something for me because I'm not sustaining my muscle tissue as I used to when I was in my early forties, even right. Like I noticed that and I'm still pretty solid, but I'm like, oh, okay, that's fascinating. So I can't, I can't, you know, maybe do three or four days of like eating crappy food. I can maybe have a day of eating crappy food. And then I get back into eating really good foods again, because my body doesn't recover the same way. Same as my body doesn't recover from alcohol. That's another thing that I've really noticed. Like I can't, I have to really pre-plan, <laughs> you know, I'm not the same as I was when I was twenties. It's like, Oh, we're going to go out. Could we do it Thursday? Because then I can kind of, you know, schlep off on Friday, Saturday, I'll feel not very good Sunday. I'll feel better. And then Monday I'm normal again. So it's like, yeah. right. We're just not the same as we were. Things are beginning to shift. And no. you know, I've noticed it more now this past couple of years. And I also think, cause I'm 49, I think there's just this real, you're really faced with the fact that, holy shit, I'm in middle life. I'm turning 50 and I don't feel like I'm 50. I still feel like I'm Erin in her twenties, but all of a sudden my body's changing. And I also have a different viewpoint. When I see older people, I'm like, they probably still feel like their 20 year old self, but all of a sudden this vessel they're inhabiting is not functioning the same way anymore, right? They look in the mirror and you don't recognize yourself anymore. I still recognize myself, but I've had a lot of that lately. Just that whole, I'm halfway through my journey. Who am I in this world? Who do I want to who do I want to be next? Like you realize and how these moments all really count. And I think that also adds to it as well, because there's a little bit of that stress of, holy shit, I'm getting older. Right. So it's all these things I think kind of combined together, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting kind of, and even yeah. like the idea, sorry, but even the idea of going into full menopause and losing my period, there's going to be a certain morning to that. Like I'm losing part of like all mm -hmm. of a sudden, I, all of a sudden I'm, I mean, people have spoken of how it's wonderful it is. And I totally can understand that, but I also can see there being a mourning of that, of a loss of, and maybe you feel great after, but a loss of me being able to, you know, have to think about, oh, I can't just have sex because then I could get pregnant. It's like, well, no, I have no option anymore. That's not happening. Like that's, that's yeah. a new you, right? So it's a very, all of that together, I find has found been very kind of profound for me in reflecting and thinking about how I'm going to feel as I step into the next, you know, 20, 30 years, who do I want to be? Right. And that's where I'm very passionate about this conversation, because if we're ignoring signs right now, if you're having a lot of symptomatic issues, you need to pay attention to it now, because it's not about even this moment, even though we want to be present, what's your seventies going to be like, what's your eighties going to be like, you know, and if you're not looking at what's happening to your body right now, if you're having really horrible, crappy periods, if you're really experiencing a really extreme perimenopause and you're all over the map, how that's going to reflect as you age, it's going to be type two diabetes, dementia, bone loss. These are key indicators of what's going on right now in our body as to how things are going to play out, how our health is going to be when we get older. And I know for a fact that I want to age 
with vitality. I want to be able to play with grandkids, even though it sounds weird to say, but I want to be able to do these things. And if I don't pay attention to what's going on now and making sure I'm making habit changes that are now going to impact me in my later life, my later life is going to be really crappy. Right. So that's where I'm really passionate about that. I have my parents, my dad has aged so poorly and he was the amateur bodybuilder who always took care of his health and he was the good looking. And he, after he retired, he just kind of burrowed away and drank a lot and smoked a lot of pot. And he's now dealing with dementia and his body is failing him. And my mother, you know, she's actually signing up for a university course and she's 72. Like she is you know, has her friends and plays pickleball, works out three times a week. And she is sharp and reads the paper and reads books. She has aged in a prime example of how I want to age. And when I look at that, I'm like, as this crossroad and we're coming into our fifties and going into menopause, we have an opportunity. How do we want to age? And that's where I'm so passionate about talking to women about this is because when we're 70, it's going to go by so fast because it goes by so fast. We're going to be 70 going like, fuck, I should have fucking taken care of myself. And now I have to have a walker and now I'm on tight, you know, now I'm on insulin and now my bones are decreed and I can't remember things even more. Right. And we had little signs leading up to this. And so I'm, I'm very passionate about getting women to <laughs> pay attention to that. No, I think, I think it's so important. And that's really why I wanted to have you on here today. Cause I just, you're so knowledgeable in it. And, you know, you helped me with, um, you know, with the kind of prescription of what products I should be taking that you sell and they're, they've been helping so much and it's only been like a month. So to me, I was like, you, you know it and you're passionate about it. I mean, I can get on and kind of talk about it, but it's like, you have that knowledge on it such a deeper level. So I think that it's so important to share that because I know I can speak for myself. I've always been active, always been, you know, looking after myself and stuff. And, and it's just like the past two years, it was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm doing the same things and nothing's happening. But like you said, like, I can't, you know, sneak in, you know, a couple extra carbs this week. And I don't really like count calories or anything like that anymore. I had to step away from that, but just realizing how it makes me feel like how I respond to that, you know, you can't just go, you know, face deep in a bowl of spaghetti because you're, you had a bad day, you know, and cause it's just going to make the next couple of days bad or your whole period bad. And, and just kind of really taking a step back and really learning about that has been so important because I can see back from people who women, especially who hit this age, and decided to not let it be bad and people who have kind of let it kind of take over and let it age them, you know, and they're feeling really old and that they're like, and to me, they're in their sixties. Yeah. Well, and the, the big thing that women, I tell all women, this is we need to get our hormone panels done. I've been doing my panels since I was 35 after I had Michaela. So you go in and ask your doctor for the full blood work, you know, testosterone, free bound testosterone, bound testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. It's a blood test. Um, and telling them that you're experiencing some hormonal imbalance, you might have to kind of, you know, let them kind of <laughs> exactly a little bit on some of the things you're maybe going through in order to get that test done. But what's going to really show you is where your levels are. And every year I've gone back for tests every year I get my panel done. So then now when I'm 49 going into my fifties, we have a full um, knowledge of what my hormones have done these past 10 years or 10, 15 years. Oh, oh we dropped off. <laughs> I guess I'll keep talking. Um, I'm the host now, <laughs> um, but I have a full, you know, panel of everything that's happened. And so in that, when I'm working with my doctor, looking at HRT, because that's something I believe I know I'm definitely going to be doing. And I believe that all women should definitely be on HRT. We've come a long way since the women's health initiative that really provided a disservice to women with the results that they came back with. Um, you know, they were using horse urine for HRT. They also explore the working with women in menopause already past menopause as well. So um, really looking at ways in which we can support ourselves by having the knowledge and understanding exactly what is going on. 
I just kept talking. So I hope that's okay. <laughs> no, that is perfect. I don't know. I don't know what happened. And I've now joined from my phone because my computer is, is being a little glitchy. So thank you for doing that. No, no worries. <laughs> I was going to keep talking. I'm like, I'm just going to keep talking. So I was just talking about getting a panel done and just talking about, you know, 15 years ago, the Women's Health Initiative, they did this big study. And what they did was they used HRT, but the HRT they used was horse urine. The women they tested were already in menopause and had severe symptoms. HRT, like I'm definitely doing hormone replacement absolutely. And I've been doing my panel since I was 35. So every year I go in and get my panel done. I'm actually going to be doing the Dutch test now coming up too, just so I have even more knowledge. And if a woman's having, if they're going to see their doctor, and I know it's difficult as well, because there's a lot, a lot of doctors right now, but if you go in and say, I'm experiencing hormonal imbalance, I want to do a hormone panel. I want to see where I'm at. And sometimes you might have to say that in order to get that panel done. Um, or if you have extended benefits at Life Labs, it's usually about $99 the panel as well. So you can go in and get that done. But what that does, it provides you with the data you need that when you are coming into menopause and you want to get on HRT, um, that you have that knowledge there, right? And I know I'm doing HRT 100%. My mom has been on HRT since late 40s. She went and advocated for herself. She's 72. She'll never go off it. And there's no reason ever to go off it, right? Because our hormones are our life, if we think about it, right? When our estrogen starts declining, that's when we're going to experience osteoporosis and bone loss, dementia, um, also two type two diabetes, like all these things, our metabolism slows down, the way processed food slows down, the way we think, like everything. So if we can actually have something that's going to bump that up, then why not? And there's a lot of conversations about women with cancer. And even those results were quite skewed when they came back that are concerned about taking hormone replacement with cancer. So I would suggest, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I would suggest finding somebody who you can go and talk to because the research clearly shows right now that women who are, so if you have that, if you have cancer or, you know, if you, if you could have the, the thoughts, sorry, the idea, the, um, what I'm looking for, have the word I'm looking for, but cancer, the results of getting cancer is far outweighed by the dementia, bone loss, and type 2 diabetes. Like that's way up there. So that would be more prevalent than you getting cancer, right? Really? So yeah. So that's why I tell most women to go in and talk to somebody. Um, and it also, you know, I've met so many women who like, I've been on it for, you know, two months now and I still don't feel that great. It really is. It's tinkering. Like my mom had to go in, they tinker and tinker and find what works best for you as well and find yourself a really good compounding pharmacist we have a great compounding pharmacist here at finlandia um, and that's all he does that's his jam is hormone replacement he goes to every conference he goes to every like that is his everything he does is compounding hormones all the time and a lot of the time our doctors don't have that knowledge that a really great pharmacist would have so i just i really encourage women to um, get their panels done and understand exactly what's going on. And when they are on hormone replacement, one of the things they can look at would be taking a liver support because your liver, of course, is now then working through all of this, you know, new hormones that you have in your body. So getting a good liver support, which we will have in the next year, we're launching another one. Um, but anybody who is perimenopause, I definitely say reclaim is, you know, if you're not, I'm not in the level yet where I can start on my hormones yet. Um, but Reclaim is definitely 100% a product that you want to be taking. It's almost like our day-to-day -day multivitamin. I think it's that important to help us metabolize excess estrogen. And then, of course, we have other products as well. But Reclaim is definitely my my go-to for that. Yeah, and that's the one that you recommend. One of the ones that you recommended that I take and that I love. Another thing that I love about your products is it's like you don't have to take like six a day. Like it's not like you know you're you're formula is very potent, you know, and it, it seems to have recording. There you go. <laughs> Mercury's in the microwave. There you go. Um, there we go. I don't, it just came back on by itself. I didn't even do that. Um, this will be an interesting podcast. It's like so full of good juicy stuff. Yeah. You just have <laughs> this. Oops. Exactly. Along the way. Um, yeah. And yeah, your, your, your formulas, can you talk about that a little bit? Cause I, I think that's something really important to mention. Yeah. So I work with a team of four formulators and, um, so I don't formulate, that's not my jam. Um, but I basically reclaim is my favorite child of the bunch. We do have, I believe it's like 13 on the market now. <clears throat> reclaim is my favorite. It's the one I take every single day. It's the one I believe anybody who is in perimenopause should 100% be taking reclaim. What we really looked at too is 
a lot of the formulas on the market are two to four a day, which nobody's taking two to four a day, let's be honest. So when we made Reclaim, I went to my manufacturer and said, look, I want to fit as much as I can into one pill. And they're like, Aaron, that's a lot of product. Um, so we did a lot of extracts. So that means the potency is higher, but we are able to use a smaller amount, right? So in there, one of the first ingredients we have is calcium deglucrate that supports your liver. As I discussed a couple of seconds ago, your liver, your liver is that mother organ and it's really funneling everything that's going through your body. So we need to support the liver to metabolize that excess estrogen, that bad estrogen that we have floating around in our body. Then we've added in there. Um, green tea extract. We have 2.5 grams of green tea extract that stabilizes blood sugar. When our blood sugar is in flux, so women who have PCOS, that's one of the issues that tends to happen is they have irregular blood sugar. When your blood sugar is all over the map, that elevates cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone, which then leads to elevated estrogen levels, right? And also too, with women with PCOS, with PCOS, um, during the follicular phase, that's when your estrogen is kind of starting to percolate and get growing. Um, our ovaries want to produce a hormone, but what happens with PCOS, it kind of becomes muted in the follicular phase. And so what ends up happening in the ovulatory phase is they produce more androgens, which is more of a male type of hormone, right? So they'll get the facial hair, the acne, they tend to be heavier set, that kind of thing. Um, but with that, with any woman, when we have our blood sugars all over the map, that affects estrogen levels as well. So looking at how we can support estrogen at levels on that front, then we have broccoli sephorophane. We have 400 milligrams. Most of them have 25. We have a high dose of broccoli sephorophane, which is cruciferous vegetables. What cruciferous vegetables do, they kind of bind to estrogen and help your body metabolize it as well. So we have a high amount of that in there. We have DIM and DIM balances good to bad estrogen in the body, helps with colorectal, breast and uterine cancer. We have resveratrol that acts as a phytoestrogen. That's a good estrogen you want in your body. So that helps support that. Then we've added um, lion's mane to help with memory and cognitive wellness. We know anxiety, I talked a little bit about that. We have 900 milligrams of that in there. We've got in there um, curcumin to help with inflammation. We've also got in there uh, chase tree. That's going to help with the luteinizing hormone, help with ovulation to kind of get you to keep you in that 28, 21 to 30 day tracks. So you're kind of on a regular ovulatory cycle. So you're getting a cycle, getting a period. We have um, wild yam in there for libido, vaginal dryness, B6 for PMS, astragalus and zinc for immune and astragalus also acts as an adaptogen as well to help your body manage stress and then zinc for skin. So I believe it's the most comprehensive formula on the market. Um, but with all the products, another thing too, is we have these QR codes on the front. There's a complete meal plan programs, workouts. We have tons of information in here. We update these every year. I'm going to be going in and doing a whole section on perimenopause in this very soon. Um, but if you're really symptomatic, you can take two. If you're coming off the birth control pill or you're on the pill, I say take two and then go to one afterwards, because that's going to kind of give you that added support. But one a day is perfectly fine. And then with all the other products we have, I mean, we have everything from a PCOS glucose metabolism support product, which is also great for women in perimenopause. We're more inclined to develop type two diabetes because our body's not breaking nutrients down the same way. And so a lot of the time you'll have spikes in blood sugar, which leads to spikes in cortisol, which leads to elevated estrogen. So looking at ways which we can balance blood sugar. So we have so harmonious, which I love. Um, water be gone helps with water retention. Also going into menopause or perimenopause, we can experience more water retention. Um, I'm very sodium sensitive. So this week, because I've had more snacks and goodies than I normally do, I take water be gone almost every day. And there's also juniper berry in there, a clinical dose that actually helps with IT uh, urinary tract infections. So I haven't had a urinary tract infection in years because I take it every week. Um, move it is our constipation. Yeah, move it is our constipation support product. Another thing as well, I mean, uh, another way our body excretes excess estrogen is through pooping. A lot of women don't poop on a regular basis. We have 30 centimeters more of small intestine than men do. But more importantly, women, if we think about how we operate, we've got everything together. We're very, you know, we don't like guys will just crap. They don't care where they crap. We're like, oh no, it has to be in my home. Nobody can be home. I have to like, <laughs> you know, it's like, and especially when traveling. It's another big instance for women too. The second you leave your house, your body's like, mm -mm. Um, so using something like move it can help with constipation support as well. 
Um, but you should not be taking move it on a regular basis. If I'm honest with you, um, if you are not having bowel movements at least once a day, you need to either have some, have a glass of prune juice, have some prunes, make sure you're getting that fiber in, really paying attention to that. My mom has half a glass of prune juice every day and she left some here and I like took a couple swigs every day. I'm like, it really does work. So that's something really basic as well. Move it's great if you're kind of in a bind um, or if you're like if you're on track, you're traveling, right? So I think it's great for that. But if you are constipated on a regular basis, you really need to look at that and take a look at what your nutrition is going on, right? So, um, and then everything from lose it, which helps with metabolism support, which I take every day as well. Um, we've got up and away, which is our boric acid, which helps with bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections. That is more prevalent as we get older as well. It is our estrogen and our lactic acid combined together that create the lactobacilli in our vaginal area. So when we're on HRT, when we're going through perimenopause, and also when we're pregnant, even though we can't tell people when to take it when you're pregnant, it's a vaginal suppository of boric acid. It makes the vaginal area really acidic, which is what it's supposed to be, and, and change the pH. So then you're not getting a yeast infection or bacterial vaginosis. So we were one of the first, we were the first company in North America with a boric acid kit. Um, and that's one of my best sellers as well. So we have two of those different versions, one without an applicator, one with an applicator that's available. Um, and then we have You Remind Me to help with brain fog, which is great. It's got 2,700 milligrams of KSM 66 ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is a powerful adaptogen to help our body deal with stress. What we need to pay attention to is what kind of ashwagandha do you have? If you are taking a standalone, because if it is the stem or leaf, you want the root and you want to really look at an uh, part of the ashwagandha called withamethals, and that's what actually makes the that's what helps our body deal with adaptogens is that percentage. So ours is a five percent withamethal, so it's a higher dose. And then we've got snooze, melatonin-free sleep support product. You can take it two in the morning if you wake up, go back to sleep, no sleep hangover. I love that product; helps with the brain chatter. And then we've got Sleeping Beauty, which has a uh, collagen support in it. It has melatonin in it, and that knocks you out. So that's kind of I think. Yeah, and we have a new stress support product and we have a menopause product coming like more of a or later perimenopause menopause product coming. Um, we have a protein coming, a vitamin D K2 coming. So we have a bunch of new stuff coming up in the new year as well. So exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. It's expensive, but it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's two things from that that I want to touch on is one. Can you explain to anyone listening if they're like, what is PCOS? Yes. So, and what, yeah. maybe a couple, I know you shared a couple of symptoms, but now that I'm going back to it, just what yeah. is it and what are some symptoms? Yeah. So polycystic ovarian syndrome, it is the leading cause for infertility in women. So it's very, very common. Um, and basically one of the, some of the symptoms are you don't ovulate. So you're not getting a period, right? That's one of the symptoms. Cause as I explained before, your body's not producing the, um, it's not producing a luteinizing hormone that creates the corpus luteum, which actually creates the progesterone. That's where you actually get impregnant right there, it creates the corpus luteum. And that's what leads to the period. So that doesn't end up happening. So it kind of comes muted. So your body's producing more androgens. So you don't get a regular cycle. You're not ovulating. Some women can have cysts as well. That's another indication, but a big indication tends to be, you'll see some facial hair, you'll see acne. They tend to be heavier set right? More androgens, kind of a more a pear-shaped body, I guess you could say, right? If a woman wants to say, that sounds like a negative, but anyways, <laughs> but more, you just tend to carry it more in your stomach, right? You tend to be more mm -hmm. that way. Um, but the big indication is you're just not getting periods. So one of the big things you really want to do is obviously look at your nutrition. We designed uh, So Harmonious. I worked with a girl who has PCOS and she also only works with women PCOS. So we looked at all the different ingredients she's taking in her cupboard. And we basically combined that into So Harmonious. So So Harmonious has four grams of myo-inositol. So what myo-inositol helps, it helps with insulin response. So it helps with stabilizing blood sugar, but also how your body responds to insulin. And it's these indications, it's usually when you have PCOS, your body doesn't respond to insulin in a proper way. And so that then leads to the fact you're not ovulating on a regular cycle because it's also intertwined. So we have the myo-inositol in there. We have two grams of flaxseed powder, so high omega-6s and also helps with ovulation. So getting that period helps with hormonal balance. Coconut water powder to act as an electrolyte, two grams of that. We have 422 grams of KSM-66 ashwagandha to help with stress because that's another leading indicator is you're super stressed. And so your body's not able to 
get into that ovulatory um, phase. Then we've got in there um, NAC. So there really is some interesting research with NAC. It's a very long name, but it helps with immune support and insulin response. We've got in there um, magnesium citrate that also again helps with insulin, also helps with bowel regularity. We have uh, a thousand IUs of vitamin D for immune support. We have zinc in there for skin support, chromium picolinate as well to stabilize blood sugar. So I had a really incredible um, email, not even a month ago from a lady, like a couple of weeks ago, and it almost brought me to tears. So she has PCOS. She never ovulates. The only time she's ever ovulated is when she's been on fertility medication. And she said she's on her second month is so harmonious. And for the very first time, and she's not on medication for the very first time she got a cycle. And she was like, yeah. And she's like, so my question is, she goes, if I become pregnant, can I keep taking so harmonious? Cause I don't want to stop. And I just said to her, well, she can't because you can't take ashwagandha if you're pregnant. Um, and I said, so what I would probably do is maybe switch to just a plain myo-inositol just to stabilize blood sugar. I said, but go and talk to your practitioner and let him or her guide you in the way that you need to, you know, cause if you have had this opportunity to, if, yeah, if you're ovulating, that's exactly what this product was designed for. So really, it was a really incredible kind of feedback to get. Now I take, what's interesting, this was really designed for PCOS, but when we think about women in perimenopause, our body's not breaking down nutrients the same way, right? Mm -hmm. So our body, that's another reason why I tell women to up their protein. I mean, I do 40 grams of protein per meal. I tell women aim for 40 grams of protein. Like I do 150 grams of protein every day, if not 200, I do high amounts of protein. And the reason being is my body's not using and utilizing the nutrients I'm giving it in the same way it did when I was in my twenties. As I said, you know, I kind of mentioned my my, how my body is like my muscle tone, all of that is shifting as I get older. So I have high amounts of protein and most women are not getting that high amount of protein every day. And so that's a really important thing that all women can be doing for themselves is making sure they're getting a really high dose of protein every single meal, minimum one gram per body pound minimum. So do you have any tricks that you can tell because adding 150 grams of protein, like that's a, it's a lot of protein so yeah. what are some tips and tricks that you do to, to to make that make sure it's higher well i think looking at so when i have breakfast in the morning i don't just do one egg i have five egg whites and one yolk that's how i start my day and then i have it with peanut butter i don't start my day with carbs if you are somebody who is having oatmeal in the morning add a scoop of protein powder, get 30 grams right there. That's some way you're going to get it. So I tell women to aim for 40 grams per meal. They're probably going to land around 30, right? And that's if 25, most of them are like, I have enough protein. I'm like, I guarantee you're not. Cause you're probably thinking peanut butter has protein in it, which it does, but minute amounts like Greek yogurt. I always usually have, and I need to do it this week. I haven't, but I always usually have like ground Turkey, ground beef, chicken breast, all cooked in the fridge. So my daughter, I can grab when need be. I usually always have a tray of cruciferous vegetables. I buy frozen broccoli, frozen kale, all those things. And I cook them and then have them ready to go in the fridge. And then I do a carb thing. She has more of the carbs than I do, but I'll still add carbs to my day to day. Cause I don't believe in cutting anything out. I believe we should have, we need carbohydrates as well. And then towards, you know, if I'm going out to a restaurant, um, you know, if you're having, I don't know if you guys have cactus club out there, but if their chicken salad's amazing, but I get them to put a full chicken breast. Cause a lot of the time they just give you a quarter right? So I want a full breast on top of there, but always looking at making protein a star of your show at night. If you're hungry, you can have so harmonious. That's something you could have before you go to bed, make a smoothie, have some Greek yogurt, have like, I always have a tray of hard boiled eggs. When I buy eggs, I buy one, I leave one that's unboiled and I always boil a whole tray of eggs. So I have hard boiled eggs so I can make myself an egg salad sandwich and I'll have it with, instead of the sandwich, I have these really high fiber crackers that I use and put it on that, or I'll just eat it just like that without the crackers, right? Depending on where I'm at. Um, like last night, I opened up a can of tuna and had it with some mayonnaise because I knew that I had had, what did I have for dinner? I remember oh, I had soup. I really wanted soup last night. So I had soup, but I was like, I need some protein. I ate a whole can of tuna. So always looking at ways or sardines, or there's so many different sources. And if you're vegan, there's some really good sources too. Getting yourself a good vegan protein is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I find by eating, I also switched to having a lot more protein in the day. And one thing that I found was I was less hungry. Yes. Because it's going to stabilize blood sugar. That's yeah. Why. You're not going to have that crash and you're not going to be like, I'm hungry again. Right. So that's another reason why too. Yes. And I do take the harmonious. I haven't been as consistent with it, but I feel like I do notice a difference when I take it. And yeah. I had wore a glucose monitor for a couple of weeks just to test and see what was yeah. going on. 
I was dipping super low, like often my insulins were really low and, um, or my sugars were really low. And then what I would eat and they wouldn't spike, but like my doctor was like, oh, it's probably working really well. But then after a little bit, it changed on my cycle as my cycle went, then I was seeing a lot more spikes. Yeah. So I found that I was, I took the harmonious, um, I was thinking in my mind, I should have probably asked, but like, I took it the weeks that I knew that I usually spike a little bit higher and I found, I found a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and with so harmonious, that's where I was kind of going with the conversation about protein. I was like, why were they going with the protein thing? Um, with perimenopause is because our body's not breaking nutrients down. So, so harmonious is great for women in perimenopause as well, who are experiencing more of those blood sugar drops and you can take it when you need to, you can make it hot at night before bed. That's sometimes how I have it. Um, but it's really going to help. And if also too, if you are waking up in the middle of the night, I mean, I only wake up in the middle of the night during certain times of the month. And I know it's just my hormones. So then I take two snooze and go back to sleep. But for the most part, when I'm taking so harmonious, because a lot of the time your blood sugar might be spiking at 3 a.m. So if you're waking up at 3 a.m. all the time, your blood sugar spiking. So your cortisol needs to spike in the morning time. It's not what's end up happening is actually spiking at 3 a.m. So it's blood sugar and cortisol issues. So having something like so harmonious, with the adaptogen of KSM 66 in there, that ashwagandha plus a stabilizing of blood sugar, it's going to help you from not spiking in the middle of the night as well. Okay. Okay. I love that. I never tried it hot. I'm going to try that yeah. tonight. Yeah. Make it hot with like a little frother thing. It's good. Okay, good. Um, and you have, the, you have another one. I don't know if you still have it, the hormonal detox. Yeah, we discontinued reset. Oh. The reason being was, um, and I'm going to come out with more of a liver based focused product that would help with HRT, especially if somebody's on HRT and just supporting liver in general. Um, the reason we discontinued reset was we had back in the day in reclaim, I used to have an ingredient called St. John's wort, which helps with mood. It's a really powerful, um, I guess, mood support product, mood support ingredient. I love it. The problem is it contraindicates with antidepressants. And my concern was if somebody picked up Reclaim, it had fantastic ingredients. So we basically subbed out the St. John's work for the lion's mane, added turmeric to it. That's what we kind of did with that one. Um, but it contraindicates. And I didn't want somebody to go and buy the product and then have a negative reaction and then, you know, be like, I hate supplements. They don't work. Um, or just even have somebody experiencing something negative. So we swapped that out. And that was one of the reasons why we had Reset was Reset didn't have the St. John's wort in it. So you had the choice between the two. And when we made Reclaim the way it was, I, if anybody asked me what product to take, I'm going to tell them to take Reclaim. I just think it is the most comprehensive. I think it is the best. And so in that, um, we decided to let Reset go because I think it just became confusing and Reclaim is now our champion. So eventually I will probably design something along the lines, very similar to Reset and then make that more of a liver support product. Okay. I love that. Cause yeah, I did, I did feel like it was very helpful in, in moving things yeah. along and, and yeah. yeah, I did notice it, but that was back a couple of years ago when I first kind of, I guess, started to pay attention to hormones at all. But yeah. Um, yeah. And you mentioned something else earlier that um, maybe just get you to touch on, because I think this is, it's a really important point uh, for women is you said you started to lift heavier. So yes. as you're perimenopause is lifting heavier. So can you kind of explain the difference of that, that versus doing like a ton of cardio? Yeah. And I think women tend to be, I mean, it's, it's changed so much. I mean, I've been lifting since I was 16. Right. And I remember being at 16 in the gym. I was like me and my girlfriend, the only two in the gym, that was it. And now I'm in the, you know, the ladies section and it's packed and it, it makes me happy because there's a lot of young girls and they're lifting heavy weights, right? There's more of a, a push for women to lift heavy weights. But I think a lot of women still in their forties and fifties and sixties, are scared to lift heavy weights because they don't know how to lift heavy weights. So women just automatically gravitate towards the elliptical and treadmills because that's safe. And we stay on there for an hour. The problem is, is that our mu muscular skeletal tissue, we need muscle to support our bodies as we get older. And we've all seen those little old ladies who are kind of, you know, going across, no, we want to be strong and powerful because that's going to carry us through. We don't just want to um, be able to lift and pick stuff up now, but I want to carry my own groceries when I'm 70 or 80. I don't want to have to be like, I can't lift anything. Right. I want to be able to be powerful. And so in that women need to lift heavy weights, it helps your blood sugar. It also that's shown to help even with dementia, it's going to help with brain health as well. It helps all around for us to be going in and lifting heavy weights. If you are not sure how to do heavy weights, um, in lose it, we do have workout plans as well in there that you can follow, but there are, I mean, there's so many resources at our fingertips. Now, if you wanted a heavy leg day or 
full body workout with weights. You could literally Google that. It would pop up in a second and you can screenshot that and take it to the gym and ask somebody, or if you really need to hire a trainer for even five sessions to give you one workout per body part with weights, and they can break that down for you, take you through the gym. It's going to be so worth it in the end. If you have that for you to be doing, um, but creating that lean muscle tissue is just imperative. It's the only way you're going to reshape your body. You know, if you, you can be on the elliptical till you're blue in the face, but you're not going to reshape your body because muscle weighs more than fat and muscle is what keeps that metabolism going. So you mm-hmm. need to have muscle. You don't just want to be skinny. You want to be muscular, right? It's going to aid you in so many different areas of your life. So, um, like about seven, eight months ago, pre COVID, I always lifted heavy during COVID. I kind of got off it and was doing a whole body workout, easy stuff. Cause we're at home and I was looking at my legs. I'm like, what has happened? Cause I've always had really super muscular legs. And I was like, I am not lifting heavy. I have not been pushing heavy weights. I've not been squatting. I've not been leg pressing. I haven't done all that. I've been doing little light weights. And so I went in, it was the past eight months and I've totally transformed the way my legs look and how my body looks just based on lifting really heavy weights every single day. I mean, I do spin some days and some days maybe I'll just do the elliptical and I do the elliptical for 30 minutes, no matter what, just to kind of give my heart some, you know, workout. The -hmm. other thing I will say too, is 50% of women develop prolapse. That basically means your uterus is falling out of your vagina. So if this isn't going to motivate you to lift heavy weights, I don't know what will, but 50% of women will develop that. An easy exercise you can do is squatting. You can Kegel and, you know, Kegel all you want. You can also do bridges. You can also, I mean, we really want to keep that um, pelvic floor muscle. That's basically what we're looking at is keeping that strong. But squats are one of the best way you have to tighten your core back up and going down and going up and tightening that, that alone right there, right. Is a huge asset, a, like a fantastic one workout, one muscle, one, sorry, one exercise you can do that will help with prolapse as well. Oh, good to know that. Yeah. Once your uterus and it's also, there's also rectum prolapse as well, where your rectum falls out of your. Wow. Yeah. So 50%. <laughs> of women will develop it. Lift weights. So if you're local to me, I'll see you all at the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You're right. You're right. Cause I, before I had my explant surgery and I had my um, implants removed, I was still doing heavy lifting like every couple days here and there. But since I just got out of habit and I was living further away and just recovering and repairing and stuff like that. And yeah, I just didn't. And I've noticed a massive change in the shape of my body, like just things like yes. arms. I never, ever had big yes. arms, but I'm like, I guess that it's also there's muscle, <laughs> muscle yes. under there and it's yes. got this layer of fluff right now. Yes. But um, I recently went back to lifting heavy and one, I just find it like, I don't know. It's very, to me, it's very different. Um, it's just like that me versus me mentality. You know, when you get in there, you get your headphones on and I used to remember like wearing like, you know, the, the tightest clothes and whatever. And now it's like, I wear like baggy and head like headphones. And I'm just like, I don't even want to talk. And no offense if someone's listening and I don't talk to you. It's never anything against you, but I just find like really going into me and focusing yeah. on that. Self-care it's, time. Yeah. You know, Self-care. and it's, uh, yeah. Like I don't want to be, it's really weird. Like I don't want to be, I want to build my body. <laughs> Not yep. there to like, you know, shake my ass or whatever. Not that that was what it was, but definitely times when I was competing, you know, and yeah, it was, it was, that was what it was all about. But I mean, well, it wasn't I, think, what it was um, I think that's the thing too. When you come from a background of a uh, competitor and same with myself, I mean, one of the, the gifts that competing gave me was it taught me that with little tiny steps every day, it is incredible what you can do to your body. Yeah. Like it is incredible what you can put. I mean, I'm not saying that's a healthy way to go because I don't condone it. Um, but I do know that I have the power and control and I do have the, I do have the self-control to get in the gym and lift heavy weights and do what needs to be done. Right. And it's also really empowering too. When you're in there, you're lifting heavy and you know, the guys are, you know, and you're putting plate after plate on the leg press and I've got four on each side. And I love that. I love walking out of the gym where my legs hurt. And I'm like, yes, I did a good workout. Nothing's more empowering than that. And, you know, and as I said, if you don't know how to, if you don't know what exercises to do, either you can download stuff from the internet 
or go in and ask to buy five sessions from a trainer. Yes, mm -hmm. it might cost you a couple hundred bucks, but you will then understand what machines you're supposed to be doing, how many reps you need to be doing, right? And then once you're done that, maybe go back in and say, okay, well, I've been doing this now for two months and now I need a little bit of a reboot. Can you give me some new stuff to do? And then you will begin to understand the gym better. It is the best investment you will make. And I, yeah, I can't even emphasize that enough, the lifting. I know it's, it's, I think it's so important as well, but I agree. I, I think that having a trainer to teach you some things is, is definitely yeah. worth that bit of money, but yeah, the discipline that you learn and the, the stuff that you learn from competing is, is definitely a takeaway, you know? And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's so, I'm just repeating what you said, but yeah, it's just, I feel that I totally feel that it's, it's an empowering feeling and I just, yeah, feel at this age, I, I didn't kind of think that way. Like I was thinking like, oh, I'll slow down. I'll do more Pilates. And I don't know, I was thinking that, but I'm like, I don't like how my body feels and looks. And, and don't get me wrong. I love, still love Pilates, still love yoga class, yeah. still love spin, but it's like making it be my, yeah, making it be my core. Yeah. I think they do. I think those definitely have a place. I mean, maybe you do them once a week, maybe you do them, but you need to be lifting weights at least three times a week. Right. So either you do, you know, chest to try back and by legs and shoulders three days, right. Where you're focusing and you're going in and you're doing maybe four exercises, even if it's two of each, right. And you're doing four sets of 10 and increasing the weight as you go right on each exercise. Um, I tend to do just a leg day and I'll do four different leg exercises. When I do leg press, I start one leg at a time for four. I do 40 on each side. So I do 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, all the way through just no weights, just one leg at a time. And then I rack it and I do one 40, two 45s, no, one 45 on each side, then two, then three. And then I'll have to put another fourth. And then I go all the way back down. I do 10 all the way up and then all the way back down. And that is a killer leg workout day, but I feel fantastic when I leave. And I notice such a big difference opposed of doing walking lunges and you know, kickbacks with some 20 pounds, nothing beats like, yeah, pushing as much as you possibly can. Oh, so, I love that. Cause I, I, yeah, I feel like I I've always had an issue squatting. So sometimes I'll do the reverse hack squat and I'll like actually turn around. So I have that support on the front, but, um, I like that idea of the leg press. Cause I, yeah. All the way up. and so I do 10, 10, as I increase the weight, it's 10, every single way up. And then 10 starting from there and go all the way down and remove the weights all the way down. And I usually I do like, so if I do my one leg, I'll do 10, 10, 10, 10. And then I go all the way up, all the way back down and end it with 10, 10, 10, 10 on each leg. And your legs are done. Like your legs. Yeah. Are done. And so that's almost to me, I'll go out and I'll probably do leg extensions. And then that's pretty well it because I've, and I'll make do some calf raises in between, but I do everything with 40. I call it 40 by four. So I do four reps by 10 each 40 reps. So it's all 40. Everything's 40. It's just, I found, I did it years, started doing it years ago. I should probably do something about it and write something about it, but it's been the easiest way to do my workouts. When I go in upper body, if I'm doing chest and try, I do two exercises. I do 40 reps, like do 10, sorry, 10 sets, 10, four sets of <laughs> 10 reps, which means 40, you know, all together. So it's 40, whichever yeah. way you do. So everything's 40. Four so sets, try. 10 reps. Yeah. Four so it becomes 40, 40 by four, four by 40, four by 10. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> we got it. We yeah, got yeah, it. We got it. Okay. Good. Well, that's super, that's super helpful. Um, so I do know that you have a webinar coming up, which I signed up for, um, yes. which is navigating perimenopause. So if anybody's listening and you want to know more and, uh, you know, yes. learn more, you're so knowledgeable, but do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's the seminar I've been basically giving across Canada. Um, we're going to do it in a webinar format that is on January 16th. Um, if you sign up through Eventbrite, you will get the recording afterwards, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, it's free. So anybody can attend. I actually didn't realize a lot of people charge on Eventbrite. I'm like, oh, interesting. I'm like, it's free. Just come and learn. Um, but yeah, so it's on January 16th. Now I do know the time might be way later for you guys. So you guys would get a recording of that as well. But I basically touch on everything I go through nutrition. I talk about food. I talk about what's happening in our bodies why we want to prevent it, you know, osteoporosis, type two diabetes, dementia, why we want to make sure we're paying attention to this, really looking at stress, different things like breath work. I mean, cognitive behavioral therapy, it's really fascinating. Women who view menopause in a negative light, guess what, have a shitty menopause. So yeah. things like that, right? Right. And breath work. I mean, there's clinical studies using breath work, taking that breath in and holding and breathing. I'm very, I've 
I'm very, I can say this for sure. I do a lot of conscious breathing now instead of just shallow breathing mm-hmm. I'm in bed in the morning, when I'm doing anything, when I start to walk the dogs in the morning, really deep breath in, fill as much as I can hold for four, like box breathing and then breathing out all of it. Right. So that's another clinical study way of um, reducing PMS, perimenopause and menopause symptoms by breathing. Like, so things like that, that we wouldn't think about. So we talk about all of those different things. So it's going to be a great webinar. I'm looking forward to it. And it's January 16th, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And then I do plan plan on coming out uh, East eventually too, and doing some seminars out there in the spring. That's part of my goal. So nice. Well, let let us know. We'll be there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You also have a podcast that I mentioned when I first introduced you. Do you want to tell us about your podcast so we can tell people? Yeah, so it's friends you keep. Um, we do once a month, and we also have a newsletter on our website as well. So if you're interested in any new products that are coming out, or if you have specials and all those goodness, um, you can sign up for that, and you'll get notified when we have a new friends we keep. But it's basically just um, people doing exceptional things, and I tend to focus more on women. Um, <laughs> so, um, but it's yeah, it's been going on for a year now. I just love having conversations, as you know, as you do too, with interesting people and finding out what people are all up to. So I'll have to have you on my podcast as well. I'll have to go back and forth. (laughs) Oh, I'd love that. I do know that I, you, you touched on something the other day. I was one of your stories about your five pillars and that is one of them, right? Is the name, is that the kind of where the name came from? Yeah. So it's the five pillars of Aaron wellness are the thoughts you think, which, you know, as I've said, you can take as much ashwagandha in the world, but if you are negative and fear-based, you're still going to be pretty stressed. So you really have to work on cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a big part of my healing that I worked with. Um, thoughts you think, friends you keep, and we have to have supportive friends. If you are somebody trying to you know, kickstart a health regime, <clears throat> everybody you surround yourself with is <clears throat> drinking and partying and eating crappy food. It makes it a lot harder. So you have to really kind of surround yourself with people that are uplifting you and supporting you on your journey. Um, friend, friends, you keep nutrition, some food, of course, movement, and then lastly, supplementation. Cause as much as I like to think, you know, there's magic pills, there's not, and it's really accumulation of all those things together that make your supplements work and do the work they're supposed to for you. Yeah. I, I really liked that. I loved it. And then when I went and saw that your podcast was named friends, you keep, I was like, that is so good. It, it, it is. It's good yeah, it does. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for today. I'm sure there'll be lots of questions, but I'll share some links uh, to your social media on the notes. Um, But thank you so much for joining and all of your information. And I can't wait for your webinar. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening. Yeah. And happy holidays. Yes, you too. Happy holidays. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great evening or day, I guess, for you. (laughs) Morning. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five. We just finished another podcast together. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your takeaways, what were your favorite parts, or continue this conversation. Head over to my Instagram. It will be listed in the show notes. Let's continue to grow together. With love, Shandell.